1978, the world is introduced to the boogeyman himself, Michael Myers. In 1981, his story continues with Halloween 2, and his status as the boogeyman is cemented forever in pop culture. But then, as quick as he appeared, like a shadow, he was gone. Michael Myers was dead, or so we thought. Halloween was set to become an anthology series, with Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and the rest of the slasher genre would be defined by the likes of Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger, and a series of other poor imitations, all trying to be, but never succeeding, Michael Myers. And with that, let me just say, welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Phil at the Movies, episode number 17 of this ongoing podcast series dedicated to the movies, or as I like to say, for the love of movies. I talk about it all on this show, the good, the bad, everything in between. And before I get a little uh, too ahead of myself, let me just say, of course, welcome. I am your host, Phil Walsh, and if you are new to this show, uh, feel free to hit that subscribe button. Um, If you are a, a frequent listener, welcome back. Appreciate your support and continued feedback of this show. But to all the new listeners, uh who join us each week, welcome. Uh, today, as I as I indicated last week, going to be spending the next number of weeks offering you my thoughts and reviews on all 12 movies in the Halloween franchise, kind of my road to Halloween ends, if you will. And last week we tackled Rob Zombie's reimagining of the classic tale. Today, we're going old school. We're going back to the to the heyday of the slasher genre back in the 1980s, and picking up with Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, the first entry in the series to bring Michael Myers back after Halloween 2. Of course, there is the infamous Halloween 3 season of The Witch, and I promise I will be doing a full episode on that in the coming weeks. But today, this is the sequel that that brought Michael Myers back to the big screen restored his status as the king of the slashers and reimagined him for a new generation of moviegoers. Halloween 4, of course, comes uh, on the heels of Halloween 3, which was, by all accounts, a box office and critical disaster. Fans and movie critics alike went into the third installment expecting to see Michael Myers. And again, wind the clock back, to 1982, 1983, and this is before the internet, this is before Twitter, before the kind of mania that sweeps <laughs> sweeps the land whenever a large franchise piece or an, uh, an IP project uh, is, is released. No one knew what to expect. They said, okay, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Michael Myers has to be showing up in it, and of course he doesn't. I, I have to even confess... When I was first getting into these movies, uh, back at the, well, it would have been, I guess, the early 2000s, I, I, you know, again, internet, of course, was there, but I was not fully plugged in to kind of all the goings-on and what had been going on with the franchise. So when I saw Halloween 3 pop up on my screen one afternoon on AMC's Fear Fest, I'm like, oh, cool, let's check this out. I didn't realize there was a third one because I was always so used to kind of the original two, four, five. Uh, Those were always what we're playing on on AMC every Halloween. So I see Halloween 3, I said, ooh, this is one I I missed. But, of course, it did not have Michael Myers in it, and I discovered that very quickly just with the the tone and and the the different music and, and the setting. I said, okay, this is... This is a whole different animal in and of itself. An underrated film, uh, I have to say. But uh, we, we will get to that in the coming weeks, I promise you. But I, I, I do have a lot of love and respect for Halloween 3. Again, I think it was way, way, way ahead of its time. If it had been uh, released today, a movie like that, I think, would have found its audience and, and would have done would have done well. But uh, back, back in the, uh, the heyday of the slashers, when Freddy Krueger and Jason and 
all the other imitators uh, who were trying to, to, to follow the Halloween train were making, you know, not mega, mega money, but, but respectable uh, dollars, if you will, and, and just sort of churning out these, these uh, you know, splatter and gore films year after year. And again, the landscape was dominated by Freddy and Jason and all these imitators. But the fact of the matter is, Michael Myers set, set the stage. He, he laid the groundwork. You know, it, someone had to crawl for everyone else to, to walk. And Michael really, uh, start, really started it. I mean, you know, we can argue whether or not, you know, he was the first real slasher, uh, movie, but certainly in terms of creating an iconic character and, and really, you know, cementing a, 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 a figure to be associated with a franchise had never been done before. Uh, and of course, Friday the 13th comes along and, and just sort of says, we're going to do Halloween, but we're going to make it bloodier and gorier. And hey, we're going to put it on a different holiday. And of course, it caught on. Uh, and the rest is history with, with Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Again, totally different animal, but again, taking a, a, a making a character and, and cementing them in pop culture. Freddy Krueger is is just as iconic as Ghostface, if you will. Uh, and again, from the from the great uh, mind of the late, great Wes Craven. But, uh, you know, Michael Myers, for all intents and purposes, uh, it was at that point still still the king, you know, kind of the, the forgotten king in a lot of ways. I mean, people had sort of moved past him uh, or just assumed the storyline was was finished, as was the case with Halloween 2. Halloween 2, of course, ends with that climactic finish with Dr. Loomis and, and, and Michael Myers going up in flames. Just a powerful end, really, to the story and, and to those to those two original movies. And again, Michael Myers was dead. John Carpenter wanted to be done with it. Deborah Hill, they wanted to end the Myers storyline. Well, of course, no one is ever really dead in a Halloween movie, at least Michael Myers. Uh, and, and of course, there was an opportunity. There, was, there were discussions. There were There were attempts to bring him back to the big screen throughout the 80s. And I highly recommend uh, for all of you who are fans of of the Halloween series and and or just sort of like behind the scenes, um, you know, kind of insights and and kind of making of uh, of these movies. I would highly recommend you check out uh, this book called Taking Shape. Uh, it's developing. It's called uh, Developing Halloween from Script to Screen, and it's by uh, these two guys, Dustin McNeil and Travis Mullins. Really, really fascinating read that kind of documents all of the ups and downs of bringing this this franchise to the screen. Of course, starting with its inception with Halloween 1978 through Halloween 2, and then, of course, all of the sequels. And it's fascinating that there were many, many attempts before Halloween 4. A lot of folks just assumed that Halloween 4 just happened, and, and it wasn't the case. It was really a a long and winding road to bring Michael Myers back to the screen. John Carpenter famously was going to be involved in Halloween 4. He he crafted a story. It was very, very uh, cerebral, a much different take on, on the legend. Michael Myers was there, but it was more akin to a ghost story than anything else. And that is, of course, where all the legal drama happens and then the fighting and you have different companies and I'm not going to get into all of the uh, all of that uh, all of that uh, stuff if you will but it, it is it is a fascinating uh, kind of you know behind the scenes fighting that that went on and, and ultimately John Carpenter kind of you know washing his hands of the franchise uh, at least at least at that point of course he's now uh, involved in, in in a different capacity with the newer films by Blumhouse but at, at the at that time you know mid-80s he was done. He and Deborah, uh, Deborah Hill sold their rights to the franchise, walked it away. The uh, the Akkads, Mustafa Akkad, uh, came in and and he took control of the uh, of the franchise. And he was determined to to bring Michael Myers back the way he was in Halloween 1978, Halloween 2, a real life boogeyman. Bring him back and 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 make it bigger and and badder and all 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 the uh, all the all the phrases that producers love to throw around. Uh, so. Of course, Halloween 4 does finally happen, 19, 
88, kind of, as I said, the end of the slasher era, if you will. Really the heyday of it, though. It was it was kind of on its way out by this point. But, again, better late than never. Um, you know, Michael, Michael started it, and in many ways he was there at kind of the first, the end of the first wave, if you will, of, of these movies. Um, and it was fitting that he made his return as the decade closed, having been there right at the start with Halloween 2. But... Ultimately, Halloween 4 is, is, is a perfect sequel in the sense that it, it did what it needed to do. It, it revitalized the Halloween franchise. It said, no, we're going to ignore what happened with Halloween 3. We, we, we hear you. You want Michael Myers. You want Dr. Loomis. You want that whole world of Haddonfield. You want that Carpenter vibe. We hear you. Noted. And that is what was delivered. Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, it is right there in the title. The movie delivers the return of the boogeyman. And from that standpoint, the sequel is, you know, it checks all the boxes. It's a hit. Uh, it, It makes the character relevant again. It brings Michael Myers back to the conversation. And it turns it into... Uh, a, a viable horror franchise again. It made over seventeen million dollars at the box office, which again, by today's standards, is is nothing. But at the time, it's a lot of money. Again, didn't make quite as much as Halloween two, but again, when you compare it, of course, to to Halloween three, uh, this was a this was a uh, you know this was a, a blowout. This was a, a huge blockbuster. It was number one at the box office. So, I mean. You know, anyone who says, oh, Halloween 4 was you know, just, just another sequel, no, it was not uh, just another sequel. This restored, it revitalized, re-energized, you know, pick your adjective. It made Michael Myers relevant again and made him scary. And I know there are, are issues uh, that, that many folks have, particularly with the mask. I, I, I get that. But insofar as what the sequel set out to do, it, it was mission accomplished. It, it brought Michael Myers back to the screen. So my thoughts on it, because I have thoughts, <laughs> um, you know, this is one of those movies that I was introduced to very early on as I was discovering the Halloween franchise, because it was always playing on AMC. Even when Halloween, the Halloween season was over, you know, you turn on, turn on AMC on a on a when uh, like like a Wednesday morning or like a Saturday afternoon, it's like boom, you know, back to back Halloween four, Halloween five, and so in in a way, I I kind of grew up with these with these movies, uh, and and were very formative in my my understanding and and real appreciation for this for this franchise because you know it wasn't like Halloween seventy eight or or even Halloween two was was playing all the time unless it was you know during the Halloween season. And so, you know, the, you know I kind of, you know, cut my teeth in a way with these, with these movies. And so, the, you know, there is that, that kind of bias because they were always on, you know, again, they would play every year on, uh, during, during, uh, during the Halloween season. And so, you know, you kind of have that, that bias because you have such a familiarity with them. But, again, trying to step back and kind of look at it from a much, a much different lens now. And now, of course, we have all these movies uh, in the canon, and you can look at it all in the context. The timelines have changed, and so forth. But uh, insofar as what the movie needed to accomplish, did it bring Michael Myers back to the screen? Did it make him relevant? Yes, and yes, that that is a given. Insofar as the tone and kind of the the, the way the story is crafted, uh, it is you know certainly not a. Uh, it's not you know, in the Carpenter vibe. I mean, again, not, you know, I think with, with the exception of Halloween 2018, no movie has kind of felt John Carpenter or, you know, frankly, Deborah Hill-esque since Halloween 2. They, they just have that, that certain vibe. It's the look. It's the lighting. It's the camera work. It's the way the story is told. The, the, those Those movies are kind of off on their own corner or you know really on their own shelf if you will uh halloween 4 is very much uh inspired and and influenced by much of what had had preceded it and by that i mean 
all of the slasher movies that had come kind of as a result of, of Halloween, Halloween 2, Friday the 13th, all of them. So it is very much in that in that vein, in that tradition. So whereas the original Halloween movie was, was bloodless. I mean, there was very, very little blood. It's all about suspense, the theater of the mind, shadows, light, darkness. Halloween 4, you know, has the shadows and it has the suspense but but there is a lot more blood there's a lot more guts and that again was more of a a commercial decision i think more so than a than a story decision because audiences at the time were expecting when they go to these movies to to see a little bit more you know they 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 had grown used to the tricks if you will of the of the jump scares or the the long lingering shots and they really you know that's where friday the 13th really you know comes into play here and and for better or for worse you know it changed people's perceptions of what these movies could be i mean it, it, you know to sidebar for a, a moment if if i can halloween is is really a classic thriller uh whereas whereas friday the 13th is just a it's a splatter movie i mean there are moments where of, of of suspense and 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 genuine terror but but largely it is a a splatter film and I think that's something that all of the other imitators and all of the other, um, you know, even later Halloween sequels missed was that it, it, it's not about the blood. It's not about the gore. It's not about just sort of, you know, how many creative ways can you kill somebody? It's about the tension. It's about the drama. It's about, okay, what's that behind the door? What's that out in the woods? What's that shadow? Why are the lights off? Again, it's all about the buildup. So at the end of it, it doesn't matter whether or not the guy gets his head cut off or, you know, it's just a cat running across. It's all about the, the drama, the theater of the mind. What you put in your, in your own mind is sometimes even 10 times terror, more terrifying than what's on the screen. But you know, to tie it back to, to Halloween 4, that is something that I think was, was missing. And, and it's that, it's that story. I guess I would call it the stalking element that was very prevalent throughout Halloween 1978 and Halloween 2, which is the idea of Michael sort of lurking in the shadows, a lot of POV situations. I mean, I'm kind of trying to think back with, with Halloween 4. There's very, very few moments in the movie where we're where in Michael's point of view, uh, where you know, you're going to get that you know, voyeuristic shot. Uh, and there's very little stalking outside of a few little you know, kind of moments here and there. And and that's something that is that is missing. I'll tell you, there's a scene in the movie, uh, about, you know, I guess probably midway through, maybe right around the start, maybe the second act. And it's it's during the trick-or-treat sequence. And the town has gone, uh, has had a blackout, thanks to Michael. And uh, Rachel uh, Carruthers, played by uh, Ellie Cornell, and... Uh, Jamie, played by the great uh, Daniel Harris, uh, get separated, and and of course, you know, Rachel was running around, and I, I just have to have to say, Ellie Cornell was a fantastic. I guess you would really call her, she was the final girl for this movie, and she really she carries it. And, you know, again, in a way like Jamie Lee Curtis, just that 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 authenticity and and vulnerability, it really shines through. And again, she's not a flat. Uh, written character you know very very proactive very engaged very a lot of agency and again i really appreciate those 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 finer moments those kind of character moments because again it goes back to what was there in that original halloween uh, 1978 with these strong independent and, and really developed characters uh but but kind of getting back to the scene uh to tie this all together Rachel and Jamie get get separated. Rachel's running around, you know, screaming, "Jamie, Jamie, where are you?" And she can't find her. And then she, they, you know, she ends up in this kind of uh, alleyway, and there's fog and there's mist, and there is this this shot where she is like I don't know, twenty five feet away, and all you see at the other end of the road, you have fog and mist, is the is the imprint uh, of someone standing in the fog, and you see you see the legs and you see the shoes. And the person starts walking towards her. And of course, we know it's Michael Myers. Stuff like that really, really elevates this movie. And I and I, I wish there could have been more 
more scenes like that because that to me I think is is so frightening. I think it is so terrifying. You know, versus like the scene towards the end of the movie where Michael's on the truck and, and again, spoiler alert for, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, but I imagine if you are listening to this, you are a fan of, of the franchise. Uh, but, you know, Michael's on the truck and he you know, puts his hand through the window and then basically tears the guy's face apart. I mean, you know, shocking in the moment, but it's like it, it doesn't have the same effect. And again, maybe I'm just a, you know, a Halloween purist. I, I, I don't know, but I, I just love the... I love the suspense. I love, I love when the music is kind of dictating, you know, what is going on, and then almost anticipate what is going to come next. Uh, you know, s- scenes like that, I wish could have been m- much more uh, prevalent in Halloween Four because I think, like, when they're there, they're really there. I mean, again, I would have loved to have seen more shots and more scenes of sort of the town. In, in a in a blackout. And again, this is probably just you know me being you know the 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 picky you know writer sitting in the cheap seat saying oh we should have done this should have done that. But you know again, much of these movies is about the atmosphere, and there there is a lot of atmosphere in this movie. You, know, you get the sense that this is a midwestern town, despite it being shot in in Utah. It, it feels like you know small town America. You know narrow streets, you know little houses, neighborhoods, all that, and. and you know when it's there, it really it really makes Haddonfield a character in and of itself. And and this movie, I I would almost say, of of all of them, and and that kind of even kind of trumps the original too. Haddonfield feels like a living character in this movie. Almost, I don't think it has ever happened again. You know, with the exception of maybe Halloween Kills, but there is that feel of just like a town on edge, you know, the town that dreaded sundown. And, and, and it is very, there is, there is something very fascinating, um, about it. You know, there's almost kind of like a high noon quality, uh, and maybe that's being a little too generous. I don't know, but, uh, like again, stuff like that, I think, you know, really would, would, you know, you know, when it's there, it's there. I just, I would have loved to see more of it, you know, just kind of just to again elevate that suspense and tension, which is, Again, as I said, so prevalent in the first one, and, and even to a degree in the second one. Uh, so, like when it, when it's there, I mean, you see it, you know it, you know, like you, uh, it, it you know, shots of like a pumpkin. Like there's just like there's just little moments where just you know everything comes to life, and it's like ah, you're right there. Um, but no, like Halloween four, you know, it it, it it like I said, it does what it has to do in terms of reintroducing the the, the character, but it doesn't doesn't overemphasize uh, the the exposition. It's not like there's a whole bunch of flashback sequences telling us what happened in, in Halloween uh, uh, 1 and 2. It, it, you get a little bit of expositional uh, dialogue at the beginning with one of the with one of the guards at the at the sanitarium, but that's it. You don't need to know, you know, x y and z. You get a little bit of explanation of what happened to Laurie Strode because of course Jamie Lee Curtis uh, decided to to uh, to pass in the movie and and so you know, the story was written to have it now focus on her daughter and Michael going after her because of the whole family line uh storyline which was introduced in Halloween 2 so you get all that kind of brushed aside that's all done literally in like the first 10 minutes of the movie we, we we're, we're brought up to speed we know Loomis is alive we know that Laurie Strode is dead and that her daughter is is living in Haddonfield with a foster family. Like, boom, boom, boom. Oh, and Michael's been in a coma for 10 years. Like, it, 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 there's just, everything is checked off and, and, and we're, we're right in to the action. Michael escapes. Boom. We know, we know what's happening. That, that works. Like, again, when you can start a story in the first, you know, 10 minutes and you can have something dramatic happen, it's like, boom, we're right there. You know, the, we're locked and loaded, I guess is the way to say it. And, and, and there is that kind of, you know, urgency with, with the way Halloween 4 starts. And I like that. I like how it kind of starts with like this, this transfer. It's raining. It's you know very reminiscent of the original movie where Loomis is going to try to pick up Michael Myers at the sanitarium. And then, of course, you know, there's the escape. And then it just it slows down a little bit. We get a little bit of character moments. We're introduced to Jamie. We're introduced to uh, to Rachel. We have the whole uh, uh, you know 
uh, family, uh, you know, foster family dynamic with the Carruthers. You, you establish the fact that Jamie is having nightmares of, of, of who she's calling the boogeyman, uh, you know, the, the nightmare uh, man or the nightmare monster. And of course, you know, she's having nightmares of, 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 in fact, her uncle, Michael Myers. Get a little bit more character moments, establish kind of, you know, what's going on, how the night is going to unfold. And then it's like, boom, we're right back into the action with, with Dr. Loomis, who, of course, is played by the great late Donald Pleasance. And and I have to just say a, a a few a few words about Donald Pleasance because talk about just a an accomplished and and brilliant actor. And again, folks, you know, might have, you know, you know, issues with with the original Halloween movie. I mean, again, I I'm I'm like I will defend that movie to the end. As I've said before, it's it's not only my my favorite horror movie, but it's it's easily one of my all time favorite movies. Uh, I just absolutely adore it. I think it is just it's a it's a classic in every sense of the word. Um, but you know, as I was saying, obviously, you know, some people it's not their their cup of tea. But I think across the board, you will hear folks say, you know, Donald Pleasance is great. Donald Pleasance makes the movie and, and, and really every movie that he was in he made and, and and that is no more true certainly than in the later sequels because despite you know Jamie Lee Curtis who, who I love I just absolutely adore um, you know she, you know she's largely associated very associated with the movie uh, and, and the franchise as Laurie Strode as she should be but Donald Bluss is really you know deserves I think a lot more recognition than, than he sometimes gets because he is the glue he was the connective tissue that that made the series uh, last I think I, I think if 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 Loomis was not in Halloween four five six but especially Halloween four I don't think we would be talking about Michael Myers and Halloween the way we are today. I think it was that, and again, I know, you know, the storylines have changed and there's been alternate timelines and whatnot, but the fact of the matter is the consistency of having the actor from the original movie and its sequel back for the, for the fourth, fifth, and sixth installments really showed a consistency that is that does not exist in any of the other horror movies of that time. Again, you look at Friday the 13th, you look at Nightmare on Elm Street, you might have uh, Nancy pop up in Nightmare on Elm Street 3, but, but that's it. You know, you don't see it till, you know, don't see her again until uh, Wes Craven's new Nightmare. Same thing with um, with Friday the, Friday the 13th. You, you might get like, you know, one or two movies where a character appears uh, and, then, and then reappears, but that's it. Halloween, again, this is the time, you know, Laurie Strode had only been in the two movies and then it was done. This is before Halloween H2O. Donald Pleasant's coming back was a, was, was a big deal. And it really cemented the kind of dynamic with his character of Loomis uh, you know, opposite Michael Myers that is not found in any of the other uh, other horror movies. And so for that, I think, you know, he one, you know, the fact that he was, you know, ready, willing, and able to come back to these movies and do them and put his heart and soul into them, I, I think, you know, just deserves uh, a, a moment of praise and, and shout out. But I think it also kind of just makes these movies, the Halloween movies, so much different. You know, for all the, you know, criticisms and trying to lump them in is like, oh, they're all slasher movies. There's no difference between Friday the 13th or Halloween or blah, 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 blah. Now, th- again, put aside the gore, put aside the uh, the special effects. What I think makes the Halloween movies that much different and that much more unique and special, uh, and, and frankly, one of the reasons that, that I enjoy them so much is just that, that dynamic between Dr. Loomis and Michael Myers. It's very, very, uh, very akin to Van Helsing and Dracula, the idea of, of, of good confronting evil. And again, Loomis is that... It is that connective tissue. It's what makes all of these later sequels until we get to, to H2O with, with, with Jamie Lee Curtis' return 
work all that much uh, all that much more. And so, of course, you know, to have him back in Halloween Four is it, just great. And, and he's he's utterly fantastic in this movie. I mean, this might be one of the best Loomis performances of the later films. Though I I almost again I'm probably an outlier. I almost think Halloween Five I think trumps it just a little bit because he is just so unbelievably batshit in this movie. But uh, Halloween Four is a real nice progression of, of of Loomis's character from Halloween One and Halloween Two, where he's largely the same character. I mean, uh, there, there's definitely a, you know, moments in Halloween 2 where you can see Loomis is starting to go over the cliff. But by Halloween 4, you know, this is a guy that has been blown up. He's been stabbed. He has, you know, been Michael Myers' doctor for all these years. I mean, he he's at wit's end. And, and there's this sort of like, you know, I don't want to say he's a happy warrior in this movie, but like, you know, he he's a man on a mission. And, and you know, he is not going to be stopped. He is going to do whatever he can to try to prevent this madness and this this you know angel of death from from coming back to Haddonfield and and it's a it's just a a brilliant performance i mean i i again i again i know i'm you know certainly uh, you know very very biased towards the character but i i think it is it's some of his best work honestly as an actor because he just he elevates what are you know kind of you know I don't want to say that you know, you know, B B movies because they're certainly not. But like, you know, they're they're horror flicks, they're slasher flicks. But he just he elevates them. He makes them something a little bit more real, a little bit more uh, authentic, a little bit uh, a little bit more special, and, and kind of takes it from just you know being a, another slasher movie into into something with a little bit more depth. And again, that's that's the mark of a great actor. But oh, he's just fantastic in this movie. I I can't. I can't say enough about him because he's, you know, he's ten years crazier, and he's and he and he's, you know, he's injured, and he's he's scarred, and he's just, you know, he's a man on a mission. And I mean, there's so many great, there's so many great moments in 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 the movie, and and you know, many of them just involve involve Loomis. I mean, to say nothing, of course, of of the ending of the movie, which I mean, again, spoiler alert for you, uh, for all of you who haven't seen it, but. You know, with 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 Jamie, then you know, picking up the the proverbial knife, if you will, and kind of carrying on Michael Myers' legacy, her uncle's legacy, uh, it, it is just. I mean, one, it's a terrifying twist ending, but then to see Loomis's reaction and it's that you know guttural scream of no, no, no. I mean, it's it, it's it's a a perfect way to end the movie and kind of carry on the themes established from the original films, but I mean. Again, that scene, you know, any other actor, it it, it it doesn't work. Loomis just kind of makes it all that much more real, all that much more shocking, because you can, you can just feel the terror. You can sense it's it's palpable right there uh, when you're watching the movie. That It's like, oh, my God, it is happening again. I cannot get a break. Uh, it's just, it's utterly, uh, utterly fantastic. And then, of course, there's that great scene in the movie, um, where, where, where Loomis confronts Michael in the gas station. And it's, again, it's just this, you know, it's really a dialogue scene. It's, you know, a little bit of action with, you know, the explosion and, and, and gun gunfire. But it's really, it's a very uh, character-driven scene with, of course, you know, Michael not speaking, of course, but but Loomis sitting, you know, standing there and, and you know, you know maybe trying to reason with Michael, but, but really just sort of, you know, you know, almost pleading, you know, just stop, 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 you know, Take me if you have to, but of course Loomis knows you know he can't reach him, and he just literally opens fire and, 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 and tries to take him down. I mean, just I mean, it's just moments like that that make Loomis just this this great uh, hero in 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 the uh, in in this in in, in all of uh, of cinematic horror. I mean, he's just this he's just a great great character, and again, I attribute that to the. Uh, portrayal by by Donald Pleasance, absolutely fantastic. But um, as you can see, I'm I, I'm a big fan of Donald Pleasance and of uh, and of the Loomis character. But um, I mean, the, the, like I said, those are moments that really shine in, in in this movie. I mean, Loomis Loomis is always great, and and the atmosphere is great, uh, and kind of the, you know the, the sort of the scope of the movie, all all that stuff is there. Um, you know, again. It, it, 
looking back on it, you know, kind of, you know, and having rewatched it as many times as I have, you know, it, it, I think it definitely holds up. It is, you know, it's not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, there, there is that, there is that, that, that X factor, right? The X factor that is missing, uh, that, that's there in Halloween 2 and, and, and of course in the original. And that's just that, it's just that sense of, of, of dread, if you will. I mean, again, it, Halloween 4, you know, like I said, there, there are moments where like, it's really, it's really on and then it kind of, you know, slows down a little bit. You get a little bit of character stuff, but then, you know, it picks up, but then it kind of, you know, you know, peters off a little bit. It's sort of like, you know, I want to say it's inconsistent in its in its tone, but you know, it's it's almost like you know, there's there's boxes that are that are being checked uh, along the way. Whereas I think in kind of letting letting the story breathe, letting the letting letting moments last a little bit longer would have would have I think helped uh, kind of enhance the overall story. But I mean, you know, putting aside you know what 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 criticisms. I may have, you know, you know, maybe a little too much gore, and you know, wishing there could have been a little bit more uh, of the suspense and theater of the mind. You know, putting all that, putting all that aside, it did what it needed to do. It brought Michael Myers back to the big screen. It made him, fr- it made him real again. It made him frightening, and and, and it, it kind of re revitalized uh, the franchise uh, compared to some of the other sequel. Uh, Top or other ideas that were kind of being batted around uh, at that time. I think this was this was the best course of action to go. Uh, you know, sidebar: there was a script, and again, I recommend uh, you checking out uh, the book. Um, there was a script, or there, yeah, there was actually a, a script and a story that would have featured Laurie Strode, uh, and it would have been a totally different movie. It was kind of defined by the uh, the MTV. Uh, era of that point, and Michael Myers was going to wear a leather jacket and, and drive a, a sports car. Like it was very, very weird. I mean, Loomis was in there, and and Laurie was back, but it was a much different kind of like a, you know, an, 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 an like a, an eighties uh, you know action movie in a way, and it would have been very, very uh, unique, I guess, and, and and just weird. But you know, I think what this movie proved. Uh, is that sometimes you know you stick with what works and and what works Haddonfield, Michael Myers, Loomis, Halloween Night, the, kind of you know the aura, the mystery that 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 is all there and and those boxes are are perfectly checked uh, and, and and sometimes you know if it ain't broke don't 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 fix it. There was no need to reinvent the wheel with Halloween Four, especially with the way of course that it ended with the shocking. Climax and, and the and the lingering possibility in your mind that maybe Jamie was going to become the next Michael Myers that the the curse, if you will, would, would be passed on to the next generation. I mean, there's there's a lot to like about Halloween, and, and there's a reason why why many many folks consider it you know one of if not their favorite sequel. Uh, it, it is not mine, um, but uh, I I do appreciate it, and, and there's a lot. That I lo- that I love about it, you know. Again, it, it does what it it needs to accomplish, and and it fits within that kind of you know late eighties slasher slasher vibe, but but is still is still kind of you know tied to to the original legacy of 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 Halloween and Halloween two, and, and for that I have to say I, I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it, and for that you know it's a. It's a special film. Uh, I rewatch it every year, uh, at least once. I mean, it's on all the time during during uh, the Halloween season. But uh, you know, it, it's one of those that that I I do look forward to, and and I'm I'm glad it's part of the Halloween canon because, like I said, it it, it does accomplish a lot, and it does it 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 reinvigorates a a franchise that was that was in need of of, of being saved. Uh, like I said, you know, Halloween three uh, is it, a is a good movie. It's a it, you know, it's not a Michael Myers movie, but it, it is a it is a good movie. It's an original movie, uh, but it was not what audiences were looking for. And, and frankly, it's not it, you know, it's not it's not in the the the, the canon. And and when you wanna you know 
going back to what I said, you know, if it ain't broke, don't, 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 uh, don't fix it. And, and certainly there was nothing wrong with the, uh, with the, with the Halloween, uh, with the Halloween train, if you will. But I mean, I can understand why there was the desire and the need to go and tell a different story. Um, you know, at that point, that was what, uh, Carpenter and, and Hill wanted to, to accomplish. Of course it didn't, you know, didn't quite pan out, but I mean, the end result of course is, you know, Halloween four and the rest is history. I mean, Michael Myers is still with us today. We are still talking about, um, talking about this character here in 2022. And I would even argue that, you know, had Halloween four not worked, I mean, that, that quite, quite likely would have been the end. Of, of the franchise because Halloween three, as I said, had been such a disappointment that I think if Halloween four had not worked, the franchise, you know, maybe not, you know, permanently would have been put on ice, but, 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 you know, quite likely would not have, uh, you know, received the love and, and, and adulation that it has received uh, in the years since. Uh, Halloween is still a very, very, very strong uh, horror franchise and, and Michael Myers uh, has, has, proven time and time again that he will not die, that he is, uh, that the franchise is indestructible uh, as the character. Uh, and, and I think for that, I will, uh, I will end this uh, little, uh, little rant, if you will. Well, it wasn't really much of a rant today. It was more of a, more of a, more of a love fest, I guess, for, for Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. Uh, you know, someone, someone mentioned to me that the other day, would the franchise have been better if it had ended with Halloween 4? Or or if it had gone off in the direction that the ending suggests? And I think that's that's one of those, you know, unanswerable questions because obviously we know what comes after it with Halloween 5 and the rest. But it is interesting. And you kind of, you know, step back and think, you know, if, you know, with the way Halloween four ended, because it, it is a perfect ending and it kind of, it, it takes what, you know, otherwise, you know, you might say it was always, oh, you know, it's a good movie, you know, decent movie kind of elevates it a little bit more with just that, that shocking finale with Jamie standing at the top of the stairs, of course, in the clown costume and, and looking very much like a young Michael Myers and, and, and essentially carrying on the family, uh, the family legacy, um, and all, and carrying all the baggage. But, um, that, you know, I don't know. I I I I don't think a a Michael Myerless sequel would have worked, even if it was continuing the storyline of Halloween Four. You know, meaning that if if the writers and, and and everyone had decided, okay, Michael Myers is dead again, but we're going to carry it on with with Jamie. I I don't think it would have worked because as Halloween Three. Uh, uh, you know, accomplish or, or didn't accomplish, you know, depending how you look at it, audiences at that point were wanting Michael Myers uh, in, in, in the movie. And I think even if they had carried it on, uh, you know, with with uh, the same thread line, I, I don't think it would have worked. I think you would have had to have brought Michael Myers back in some capacity, uh, you know, either a kind of a twist ending of a fifth movie or, or you know, had him sort of lurking in the shadows throughout because I audiences would not have gone for a an, another Michael Myers list sequel but um, you know again that's it's neither here nor there because uh, Halloween 4 is what Halloween 4 is and then of course 5 and 6 are, are what they are but uh, another another time uh, for those two I promise you that but um, yeah that those that's that's how I look at Halloween 4 I think again like I said it's it it's a decent entry in the franchise. It's not my favorite sequel, uh, but there is a lot to love about it. Again, Loomis is great. The tension that that's there, it's great. You know, Michael Myers, you know, he's back. I mean, the mask, eh, it's, it's okay. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'd say I never was really bothered by it, you know, when I was watching it, though. But as you, you know, as as you learn and and you and you kind of, you know, get more into the weeds of it, which can be <laughs> can be for better or for worse. Uh, you know, the mask uh, has come under a lot of scrutiny and criticism over the years for just not looking like anything uh, at all related to the original mask uh, or anything similar to it. Uh, and, and it is. I mean, looking at it the other day, it's like eh, it is a little bit different. It's it's a very it's a very very you know white, almost kind of like 
ghost looking uh, face, but it, it, there is something a little, I don't want to say it's odd, but it just, it's not quite, it's not quite the Michael Myers mask. Though again, you have to look back at the time, you know, the, the attention to detail with the mask and, and kind of how it looked vis-a-vis the originals, you know, it's, it's just not, it's not the same as it, as it would be uh, today. I mean, I won't even get into Halloween H2O and the whole uh, debacle involving that mask, but, um, you know, again, at the time, you know, this movie was trying to do a lot of things. It was trying to reintroduce Michael Myers, and it was trying to get the franchise back up and running, and it accomplished both things. And like I said a few moments ago, I think, you know, but for this movie, we're probably not talking about Michael Myers today. You know, again, he had been he had been left. It was over. The ending of Halloween 2, explosion, the character was supposed to be done. Halloween 3 comes along, try something different. No, folks don't want it. So, like, there was a lot riding on the success of this movie, and, and it worked. And so, I mean, again, that is that is a a testament to the Akkads and, and their their desire to, to to bring Michael Myers back to the to the big screen. It's also, uh, I have to say, yeah, it's a, it's a testament to the uh, to the writer and, and and director of this movie. Um, you know, again, it's got to start somewhere, and, and certainly, you know, Dwight Little, I think, you know, crafted a very interesting uh, piece with this. Uh, and, and the same you know, same goes for the writer, uh, Alan um, Alan B. Uh, what's his name? Alan B. McElroy. Uh, you know, he, he really, you know, set out to make, you know, I think, I think he even said it somewhere, like he wanted to make the best Halloween movie since the original. And, and, you know, again, in many ways, you know, you know, he, he did what he had to do. Dwight Little did what he had to do. And that is, and that is not always a sure thing with, with, with these movies, horror movies, frankly, any movie, you know, again, you're, you're, you're given a task and, you know, put all your heart and soul into it. You think maybe, maybe it'll work and then it, it doesn't. But but this movie worked, and and again, as I said, I think it's it's because of its success, because it worked, that the series continued, it, it it endured, and we're still talking about it today. It's why I'm talking about it right here on this podcast in 2022. So with that, I'm going to raise a glass to Halloween Four and just toast it and say, you know what, it is a good movie, not my favorite by any stretch of the imagination, but in so far. As you know, as capturing the spirit of the original, trying to to replicate that that feeling, I, I say you know what, it's a job well done, and and it has just some of the some of the best the best Loomis moments in in the whole uh, the whole franchise. Uh, just I mean, I could just just quote endless endless Doctor Loomis lines, uh, you know, from like you know his screaming, of course, no, or you know. When he's talking with uh, one of the doctors, he's like, you know, you're talking about him as if he was a human being. That part of him died years ago. And it's like, that has a bad Loomis impression. But, you know, again, the, the sentiment, the sentiment is there. Um, so with that, I will end, uh, I will end today's episode on that note by saying, you know, three cheers uh, for Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Essential viewing for any horror buff, any fan of the franchise and and frankly a must own uh, if you are if you are any uh, horror buff worth uh, worth your salt. I'm actually looking at it right here on the on the shelf, so I can attest that I have uh, my copy of Halloween Four. Uh, with that, let me let me sign off. But first, as always, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in each week and hearing what I have to say uh, for the love of movies. Uh, our love of movies. I imagine if you are listening to this show, you are a fan of movies as much as I am, but I, I really do appreciate all of your support and feedback. It, it just makes this whole experience all that more all that more worthwhile. So thank you from the bottom of my heart and, and much love uh, to, to all of you listeners out there. And uh, as I've said, please uh, uh, rate and review, subscribe, share this podcast with your family your friends, anybody who you think might enjoy uh, listening to a movie buff go on about the things that we love, which are movies. Uh, I am Phil Walsh. You can follow me at PhilCastMovies. You can also follow this show at Phil at the Movies. I'm on Twitter pretty regularly, so uh, feel free to tweet me. I want to hear your thoughts on 
Halloween 4. Are you a fan? Are you a detractor? Want to know? Want to know where you uh, come down on the fourth entry, the movie that brought Michael Myers back to the big screen? Uh, With that, I will be signing off. As I said, next week, another Halloween-focused episode, but in the coming weeks, there will be shows that will be divided half and half between a Halloween movie review and a review for a recently released movie. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Until next time, guys, be well, stay safe, and check out some movies. Take care.